0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amazing. I as well just want to say huge, huge Happy Mother's Day to all of our physical mums, spiritual mums, grandmas, aunties. Um, You guys are amazing. And I just wanted to read this. I saw it on Instagram this morning. I thought it's kind of sweet. So I'm going to just... Read it to you. It's probably, oh, it's maybe up on the screen. To the mother who is new, who is up and down all night. To the mother whose heart is full, but with empty rooms now. To the mother who cried today and wondered if she's enough. To the mother who stays at home. To the mother who works and juggles so many balls. To the mother who stares at her children in awe, who still can't believe. To the mother currently tearing her hair out. To the mothers that are no longer with us, but always will be. To the mothers who lift each other up. To the mothers who show up every day. To the mothers waiting to be mothers, to you. Place value on the work you do. When the days feel difficult, that's because they are. This is the hardest yet most rewarding job in the world. You are not just a person, you're a place. You are someone's home. You are a mother. Happy Mother's Day. So to all our beautiful moms. um, I think that we don't just need a day to celebrate us. I think that we need a week, a a week um, in a spa retreat alone, just planting ideas, you know, suggesting. (laughs) I read this thing and it was like. (laughs) On Mother's Day, you actually – I actually probably shouldn't say it because it sounds awful. We love being mothers. Um, but, yes, I think a week-long mother's celebration um, is what you are all so deserving of. Um, I think becoming a that you – don't realise how much you love your mom until you are a mum. <laughs> then you're like, oh man, this is um, a tough gig, but it's the best thing in the whole world. And I wouldn't change it for anything, um, but you guys are so worth being celebrated today. So from my heart to yours, we love you, we honour you. Um, you guys are unseen heroes. And um, I think that if... Jesus was here himself, he would just absolutely applaud you and all of heaven is applauding you today. So to our beautiful mums, we love you and we thank you for for everything that you are. Um, I just want to as well welcome back the Watsons, our beautiful Watsons. And James and Bubba Jack have been on holidays and we have missed you guys, but we're excited to welcome you back. And we also just want to share church family, some of you know already, but we are welcoming back a fourth Watson inside of Angela's tummy, baby number two. Baby number two is on the way. Bubba Jack is going to be a big brother. Um, we're so excited to celebrate you guys. We're so excited to celebrate that you coming home and also your exciting family news as well. We love you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Kizzy. Cool. Why don't I just um, pray for us, if that's okay? Um, We have been doing um, a series at church called Breaking Ceilings, and these um, sermons that we're doing is all about things that uh, we're trying to break, whether it be mindsets, whether it be belief systems, that is going to stunt your growth as a Christian. You know, we believe that as Christians, we are called to continue to grow in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of the kingdom, but... There are sometimes just life stuff that gets in the way of that, right, and that hinders that. So we've been doing this series, and I really pray that you guys are, and I pray and believe that you are receiving um, personal breakthrough through this series. We're tackling issues that are not easy to talk about sometimes. You know, we've, we've talked about the whole idea of, um, oh, I'm just trying to think of the things that we've done. <laughs> Forgiveness, that was a big one. Pastor Joel spoke last week on... Addiction, another huge one. Um, And so these are all things which sometimes are a little bit difficult to talk about from the front but are also really important because us as a pastoral team want to make sure that we are giving you tools to be able to equip you with life. You know, you guys are living life. Life is not all sunshine and roses and happiness. Yeah, you deal with stuff. You go through stuff. And so I just pray that this series um, is blessing you. If you've missed any of them, go back and listen to them on our podcast Our production team does an amazing job of uploading them straight away so that you have access to them. Um, You can listen to them over and over again to get it in your spirit if you need to. Um, But I believe that this is... um vulnerable for some people, yeah. It's it's sometimes a bit locating, but allow yourself to be, allow yourself to be open, allow yourself to hear from the Holy Spirit today. You know, even if you're sitting there and you there's obviously Mother's Day things going on after the service for your families and maybe you've got to get your kids. But just take a moment in this service to just breathe, focus in on you, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. So I'm just gonna pray for us because I need always his help. So, Father God, I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you are kind. I thank you that even in the midst of life that you um, have the best for us, that we are called your sons and your daughters and that you have a beautiful, full, um, whole life for us to live in your presence and in your freedom. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as we come around um, the topic today, God, that you would just speak to hearts, that you would minister to people where they're at, Father, that people would be seen, feel like they're seen this morning, feel like they're valued this morning, feel like that they're not just in a room filled with a bunch of people or they're not just by themselves listening online or wherever they're hearing this message. But I pray that they will be um, aware that they have an audience with you they have an audience with the king this morning and that that will just minister to their hearts, minister to their season and their situation. In Jesus' name, amen. I do also want to welcome anyone that is listening um, online or on podcasts. You're part of our family as well, so we love you and that you're spending time with us. So I'm going to read a scripture and we're going to get into it. So if you have your Bibles, can you turn to Mark 4? verse thirty five or if you have your Bible app you can open that one up as well so mark four thirty five and I'm reading from the passion translation um, this is just because I like the way that it flows in like a story but it's 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 you know it's it's obviously people's preference so all good um so it says mark four verse thirty five That same day after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, the disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already sitting and they took him with them. Other boats sailed with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious storm arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was nearly swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care that we are about to die? Do you ever feel like Jesus doesn't care of your situation? Do you ever feel like Jesus in your world is sleeping in the boat and you're like, what is going on? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, hush, be still. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? Have you ever been in a storm? Yes. Yes. I think (laughs) if you are alive and breathing, maybe not physically in a boat in a storm. Wait, has anyone ever been like fisherman style boat storm? Yes, a few of us, yeah, okay. So obviously, we have all different types of storms. So we can have storms that are small, you know, it's a bit rainy, it's a bit windy, kind of doesn't really do much damage, but you're still aware of it. You can have really big storms, which can be totally, you know, life-changing, they can uproot trees, they can tear down homes, you know, we have these ones that might be a little bit more difficult to clean up afterwards, but they they make a significant impact. And then you also have storms which kind of come and go, like weather patterns, like it's like, you know, it's it's there and then it's gone and then it might come back again or whatever. We had a storm down at our place a couple of weeks ago, I love thunderstorms. I've always just been so um, in awe of them. I just think it speaks of like the awesomeness of God and the bigness of God. And we had a storm a couple of weeks ago, and we were sitting out on our deck, and we were watching, you know, the lightning flash across the sky, and it was like just this beautiful display of electricity, and then the thunder. And Bear was out there; he's our son, and we were all just like excited about it. And then we're about to go in, and we all stood up, <laughs> and then I was like what's that noise? What's that noise? And it sounded like like tin cans being dragged down the road. And, we were, and it was a bit windy, so we were like, oh, maybe, I don't know, someone's just, I don't know, something's gone flying and someone's lost something. And we're all standing there being like, uh, what, what, what? And it was like it was coming down the street, like this. And then all of a sudden, but I was like, it's hail. And all of a sudden, all this huge hail storm came through. And we have this tin well, tin metal table on our deck that was getting hit. Our cars were getting smashed. I ran inside the the um, hailstones, because they're hitting the deck, they're rolling inside. I'm like, oh my gosh, get in, my son, get inside. We're getting there. Bear starts crying because there's just so much like high energy of like, what is happening? And then you see people like running outside with towels, trying to like protect their cars, but long gone. Anyway, we had this these, like maybe like two minute hailstorm and it was intense. It was loud. It took your focus. Uh, you weren't thinking about anything else. I was like, you know, we were concerned about our car, and it, it just lasted for a second and then it was gone. And we were left with like these hailstones that were like as big as golf balls. I should have put a photo up. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, fitted inside the palm of my hand and they were huge. Anyway, then afterwards, you know, you go out and you assess the damage. But the thing with storms is often, no matter how big or small they are, they have the, the power and the ability to take your attention. Yeah? Whether it's the sound of the wind, whether it's the clap of thunder, our dog hates thunder. She's not one of these dogs that will run and hide and like shake in a corner because of thunder. She runs outside and she's talking to the sky like, get away from my family. She's a big Newfoundland and she'll run up and down the backyard trying to like tell the thunder off. But the noise of it, it takes your attention, yeah? Sometimes as well, with thunderstorms, you get the power outage, the lights go out, so you have to get your candles out, go old school, like, you know, can't have your devices plugged in and the TV and all of that. But the things with storms is that it does. It grabs your attention. And we're going to look at this idea of breaking the ceiling of your storm. And every single one of you, unless you live a perfect life, will be facing something. And like I said, storms can look big, they can look small, they can be destructive, they can have minimal impact, they can kind of come and go. But I guarantee you that there is something that each one of you are facing in your world today. And your storms could be things like unanswered prayer. Maybe you've been believing God for something and you haven't yet seen that promise fulfilled. Your storm could be a sickness or a disease. Maybe you've been diagnosed with something. Maybe physically you're unwell. Maybe you have loss or grief. Maybe your storm is something to do with a broken down of relationship or um, a destruction of a relationship. Maybe it's brokenness or hurt, something that's happened in the past, something that someone said to you. But I think our storms can also be things like life, busyness, um, expectation that people place on you. It can be financial pressures. It can be things like um, decisions about your future. It could be work-related. When I talk about the storms that come and go, maybe at home it's quite safe and calm, but you walk into a storm every time you walk into your workplace. It can be mistakes. It can be anything. So please, when I'm talking about this, don't just think, oh, I don't have anything that's like massive at the moment. We all have something, yeah? We all have something and I believe that these are things that when we're in them or when we're consumed by them, they take our focus, they become the loudest thunderclap, the the loudest hailstorm and we can't see past it often. Sometimes it as well, it takes our focus to the point where it feels like the power's gone out and you just, you're walking around in your day and you're like, oh, I just don't have a... You know, any energy, this this thing that I'm dealing with, it's all consuming. And so wherever you're at, I don't know, but God knows. And this morning, please don't think, oh, it's not for me. It is for you. Because you all have something that you're processing, big or small. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about that situation. Because if we can get past the ceiling of our storm, if we can go grow past it, if we can get keys today to use. You can use this throughout your whole life because there's always going to be things that you come up against, always going to be things that you face. We live in an imperfect world, unfortunately. So I hope that you can take a tool today to be able to use. So let's look at Jesus because he is the best. So the context of this story Jesus says let's cross over to the other side of the lake leaving the crowd behind the disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already already sitting and they took him with them their boat and other boats sailed with them now let me give you a little bit of context about this so Jesus has been ministering to people it says it's now starting to get dark so he's been doing it all day he's exhausted and he's like okay Let's go now. Like we're we're done with what we're doing here ministering to the crowds. Let's go across to the other side of the lake. Now Jesus full well knew what was coming. Yeah? In this situation Jesus is fully man and he's fully God. He's not separate And in this moment, I mean, we know that Jesus knows what's coming because we see when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he knew his crucifixion was coming and he was there praying, Lord, if you can take this cup from me. So I believe in this situation, Jesus is fully aware of what they're about to encounter. But he doesn't question. He doesn't say, do you think we can cross over to the other side of the lake? Should we give it a go? He says, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. That moment was like a promise. He was saying, we're going to make it. We're going to go over there. We will get to the other side. Jesus already knew what was coming, but he also knew the outcome. So Jesus says, let's cross over. Now, the Lake of Galilee, if you want to know, was, and this is like, I read this and I was like, oh, I'm thinking like shall I even River. Like the Lake of Galilee at its longest was 20 kilometres long. At its widest was 12 Ks long. The width of this lake is massive, but they believe that this particular part where they were crossing was eight kilometers long. This is the distance that they're crossing. It's not like let's get on the north side of the Shoalhaven River and paddle over and we'll be at like the other side in like an hour. This is an eight kilometer distance that Jesus is like, let's go across the other side. Okay. It was also known, the Sea of Galilee, for its sudden and violent storms. It was known. It was known to be a place of a little bit, a bit of caution. Jesus knew this. The disciples would have known this. And also, I think it's interesting that other boats went with them. Have you ever thought about that? It wasn't just Jesus and the disciples. There were other boats that were out with them and Jesus wasn't in those boats, So they would have been experiencing the exact same storm, the exact same situation, but Jesus was asleep in the disciples' boat. So Jesus is exhausted, but he sleeps. And I love this because Jesus in this moment also shows his humanity. So he chose to sleep, but he also could have had things that he could have been worrying about. You know, the political and religious leaders of the time weren't keen on him. He knew that but yet he slept. His family also thought he was crazy. He could have been got got on the boat with the disciples and gone oh thinking about all of these things, but he didn't. He slept. He just ministered to a crowd and my goodness. I mean, we know what it's like, you know, when you're up here and you give, when you go home, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> I'm thinking about what I said, what I didn't say, what the people heard, who was there, who wasn't there. I'm not relaxed enough to go home and sleep. You're on an adrenaline. Jesus had been ministering to the crowds that he knew their needs and these people were needy. They were, you know, they. a lot of them were giving up everything to be following him to place to place. I mean, I love you guys, but I don't think you're as needy as what this crowd would have been. But Jesus had done that. He'd given out. He'd sown into the people. He knew their needs. He gets in a boat. He knows what's coming, but he sleeps. I think that's so cool. The storm. It says, Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious storm arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was nearly swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So, they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you even care that we are about to die? Let's just go back before they shake him. In this boat, we have experienced fishermen. The disciples, they did this as a living. They knew this Lake of Galilee. They knew, like, you know, all of that, how it was a place that, you know, could whip up a storm in a second. They knew all about it. No doubt they'd sailed on that before. They were experienced. It's not like they were, I was being thrown in the boat. I wouldn't know what to do. If I get thrown in a boat, I don't even know what I'm doing in calm waters, let alone like giant seas. But it was enough that it says that they were fearing for their lives. So we're not talking like there's just like a little bit of a breeze and there's like – like we're talking you, – have you seen those boats where they go like up the side of like these like walls but they're waves and it's like this huge wave comes? We've watched some of those like deadliest catch fishing shows. Paniya enjoys those kind of like um, <laughs> crazy shows. No, But you watch them and it's literally called deadliest catch because people die. Like these intense storms – To the point where the disciples couldn't manage the boat, the waves were coming over, it says, until they were nearly swamped. And so then they shook him. But they said, Don't you even care. The wind doesn't wake Jesus, the water splashing over the boat doesn't wake Jesus, but the cry of his disciples, the shaking, the encounter with his disciples. No doubt that boat is going up and poof, You know, when you see the boats hit, it is not like, I mean, my father-in-law is now in the marine rescue. He loves it. But he said that sometimes when they go on those seas, you can't even walk, you know, two metres because if you take a step and you're not holding on, you're getting flung out of that boat. But Jesus is still sleeping. He's still asleep until they shake him. And they say, don't you even care? Don't you even care? The disciples weren't talking about the storm. They were expressing a moment of fear, doubt and abandonment. And this is so interesting to me because they had been with Jesus for so long. They had seen his miracles. They had seen what he was able to do. And yet in that moment, they said, don't you care, Jesus? When they would have known, they would have seen, they would have experienced. And I guarantee that we've been in seasons in our life where we go, Oh, don't you care? Don't you even care? But you know, right? Like you've walked with him, you know him, you know his love, you've seen him do miracles, you've seen him minister to other people. But sometimes we get to a point in our own life where we go, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? This is hard. I don't understand. I don't have the answers. The waves keep coming and coming and crashing and crashing. I'm getting no relief. This is not peaceful. This is not easy. Don't you care? And I love Jesus. Straight away wakes up, says his response, fully awake, rebukes the storm, shouts at the sea, be still. And then at once the wind stopped howling. And the water became calm. Can you just imagine the violentness of that storm to the point where experienced fishermen thought that they were going to die? And Jesus stands and in a moment, (sighs) peace, calm, still. And the thing about this moment that I love is that when the disciples are waking him up, Jesus doesn't get up and go, what are you doing? What's What? What? I was sleeping. I was, you know, I was a good dream. You woke me up just in the middle. Why? Oh my goodness. And he didn't talk to them about, haven't you seen me do this miracle and this miracle? Haven't you seen? Why do you think I don't care about you? He doesn't address them in that moment. He answers their prayer. He doesn't address their doctrine, their theology, their belief system. I mean, he does that later. But the first thing he does is he speaks to the storm. And what's interesting here is the same terminology that he uses here when he rebukes the storm is the same that he uses when he rebukes and silences the demons. So this was just as much a spiritual battle as much as it was a weather crisis, Jesus was addressing the raging storm as a force threatening him and his disciples. But the force of the sea was muzzled as Jesus subdued it with his, the sovereignty of his word and authority. That's a quote that I got from Lane. So, this is so interesting. Because we read it and we're like, oh, the disciples were in a storm and they were scared and so then they were like, Jesus, they're going to die and he wakes up and the storm stops and then they get to the other side. And it's all, It's more than that. This context of this story is so much more because the same word that he rebukes, he's rebuking spiritual forces when he's talking about the demons, which shows that this is Jesus. He knew what was coming. He knew it was a test for the disciples. And so for your life, think about your storms that you're in at the moment. It's not so much about the situation. It's not so much about the physical thing that you can see. There is a spiritual atmosphere and there's a spiritual element to everything that we do in life. And I can guarantee you that all of this, everything that we're going through, it's not Jesus being mean and nasty and trying to test you. But it is something that you come up against and it's like, well, what am I going to do about this? In the storm. In the hard season, when the wind and the waves are crashing, no matter how big or small it is, think about your life right now. What is it teaching me about who I am? What is it teaching me about what I believe? What is it teaching me about what I believe about my God? What I believe about his care? What I believe about his love for me? But then Jesus turns to them. And he says, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust? He demonstrates his care by calming the storm. They said, Jesus, don't you care? He showed them that he cared. He calmed the storm. He quieted the waves. He brought peace to say, I care. But Jesus is also so beautiful that he turns his attention to the heart issue. He shows them, of course I care. Of course I care. But haven't you learnt to trust yet? And that's a heart issue. And Jesus is so beautiful to turn around and go, I care. But haven't you learnt to trust? He knows that the storm is scary. He didn't question, was it a big storm? Oh, I've seen bigger waves. He knew. He knew the moment was scary. He knew the waves were big. But our trust in him should outweigh the fear of the situation. And this is a, a quote says there are many Christians today who seem to think the boat is going down I'm tired of the wailing of some of my friends who take that view the boat cannot go down because Jesus is on board I don't know your situation I don't know your storm I don't know how big or scary or small it might be but when you question his care when you question his love for you when you question if you can make it, if you can get through, we're talking about breaking the ceiling of that storm, the ceiling of that situation. Your boat can't go down because Jesus is on board. Jesus is on board and his ability and his, his power and his love and his care for you so outweighs the storm. It requires you, breaking the ceiling of your storm requires you to have an understanding of who's in the boat with you. And who is worthy of your trust? Don't get consumed with the wind and the waves, that it takes your focus of who He is, even in the storm even in the storm, Jesus is still Jesus. Even in the storm, even in your situation, even in the circumstances, whether it be health, whether it be financial, whether it be hurt and brokenness, whether it be grief and loss, in whatever storm you're facing, Jesus is still who He is in the storm, in the boat with you, who He is in the mountaintops when you've got your victory, when you've got your breakthrough, when you've got your blessing. Who He is doesn't change. And for the disciples in that moment, they saw Him do so Many miracles. They saw him cast out demons. They saw him feed the 5,000. But when the storm came and it started to affect them, they questioned who he was. And Jesus says, I'm still me. I still have authority over the wind and the waves. I still can silence them with a moment. And he did. I still care about you. I still love you. Who Jesus is in the boat, in the storm with you, is still who He is on the mountaintop. And some of you need to be reminded of that today. Some of you need to remind yourself, breaking that ceiling of your storm that you're currently in is my God is constant. He never changes. He never falters. He doesn't shift and change like shadows and and waves. He is steadfast. And who He is is the same yesterday and today and forever. And the situation that I'm in, doesn't define who he is the storm that you are in it doesn't define his power and it doesn't define his ability so let's break that ceiling of your storm when you're looking at the wind and the waves and you're anchoring yourself and you're getting caught up in the noise and the howling and the thunderclaps and whatever it is that's taking your focus we need to start to break it and shift it back onto Jesus and let me tell you it's not always easy (laughs) I'm not saying it's going to be easy and I'm not saying that your storm is not hard and challenging but who he is in that. So how do you break the ceiling of your storm? The first thing, cast your cares on him. Psalm 55.22 says, Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. You might not be able to change your storm. You might not be able to change the current situation that you're in or the challenges that you're in. But let me tell you, you can cast your cares on Him. You can cast your burden on Him so that you don't have to carry it. How do we lift the ceiling? don't do it all on your own. Don't be a lonely soldier and be like, I've got this. The Lord is my strength. You know what? Sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need to shake Jesus awake and say, hello, Jesus, I need your help. Can you please take this for me? Can you please take this burden? I can't carry it. It's too heavy. It's overwhelming. It's taking my focus. You have it so then I can focus on you. It is okay, church, for you not to be strong and mighty all the time. Sometimes you need help and your help is Jesus. And it says, He will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. So stop being a hero. Cast your cares. Get rid of it. Mums, oh, women, we are good at this. We take it all on board sometimes because you are the hero. You are the one that holds your household together sometimes. You are the one that thinks of everything on your to-do list 500 times over. But it's actually okay for you to go, do you know what? This is your job now, Jesus. I'm going to hand this burden over to you and you take care of this load because I know that you will sustain me. How do you break the ceiling of your storm? Cast your care on him. Let him hold it. Let him carry you. The next thing is seek his face. How do you break the ceiling of your storm? Seek his face, not the waves, not the noise, not the drama, not the concern. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Don't allow your storm to sweep you out to sea. Don't allow your storm to sweep you off course where you can't get your navigation equipment in line again. Your storm should sweep you into his arms. The face-to-face moment with him. Don't anchor your soul in what you don't have, but come and sit with him at the table that he has prepared for you in the midst of your storm and share a meal with him. Encounter that intimacy and break the ceiling of your situation. I love this image because it says you prepared a table before me. In the midst of my enemies, in the midst of the chaos, the confusion, the loud, the thunderclaps, the hailstorms, I see this beautiful banquet table and Jesus is just sitting there. Come and eat with me. And my family is Italian, so eating a meal together, that's an intimate moment. He's asking you to come and share a meal. Look at what I've prepared for you. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the noise, there is that moment where you seek his face and you come and you sit with him and you have an intimate meal with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you sit there and you eat and you enjoy whatever it is you enjoy. Lasagna, roast dinners, I don't know, salad, pies, party pies, sausage rolls, I don't know. Whatever is your banquet, you sit and you have that intimate moment with Him. You're not looking at the noise. You're not looking at the waves. You're not out. You are having that moment. You are seeking His face. And in your situation, in your storm, are you listening to everything else that's going around? Are you having that moment of, I'm getting swept into your arms in the midst of the storm? I'm going to get swept into your arms and I'm going to sit with you and I'm going to have a meal. I'm going to enjoy this moment. So we cast our cares on him, let him have the burden. We seek his face. The next scene, and this has so much power and it's so e- much easily said than done, let me tell you, you praise his name. How do you break the ceiling of your storm? You lift up your voice. You praise. And it says in Psalm 42 verse 5, Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become restless and disturbed within me? Hoping God, wait, expectantly for him. I shall again praise him. I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. You lift your voice. And it's so counter. I had a moment this week, if I'm really honest, I had a moment this week, and we are facing a couple of storms in our little family And my beautiful husband, who I absolutely adore, he's so gracious. Because when I have these moments of overwhelmed, when I have these moments of I'm looking at the waves, I'm hearing the thunder, I'm aware of the golf-sized hailstones that are falling in my hand, he says, remember who you are. Remember who he is. Praise through the storms. And in the moment, can I be really honest, church, I hate it because I'm like, just sympathise with me. Don't tell me what to do. But also, I love it. He does sympathise with me. He's beautiful and kind and caring. But he also doesn't let me sit in my hole for too long because he knows that I'll go feral. And that's a good thing. That's not a good thing to go feral. It's a good thing that he doesn't let me go feral, let me tell you. He'll have a moment with me and he'll hear my heart and he'll, you know, but he'll always pick me up and he'll always lift my gaze. And this is a moment that I had this week, church, where I was just not in the best headspace. And he said, put on your worship music and sing. And I was like, ugh. And you know, sometimes it's the last thing you want to do, right? You're like, and I honestly had this conversation with Benoit. I was like, I'm angry at God. Like I there's things in my life that I'm processing where it's like, this is being very real, where it's like, I have that frustration. I have that moment of, do you care? Do you care, Jesus? Like this situation hasn't been dealt with. This prayer hasn't been answered. Do you, And I, and when then you're, lovely, godly husband says, worship him. I'm like, Ugh. But you know that it's right. And this is the most beautiful thing, that we have an opportunity in the midst of our storm, in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our questioning and everything that's going on to offer him a sacrifice of praise. And let me tell you, church, sometimes it is a sacrifice. But... The sweet smelling aroma of that sacrifice to him, it's beautiful. It fills his temple and he's like, that's it. That is it. When you're in heaven, we've said this before, I've heard this being said before, but when you're in heaven, you don't have that opportunity to praise Him through the t- storms. You don't have that opportunity to offer Him a sacrifice of praise because you're in glory. You're in you're in the midst of, of heaven and kingdom. You don't have a moment, but we have the moment now to offer Him something that sometimes hurts, to offer Him something that sometimes you don't feel like doing. But when you lift His name and when you praise His name, when you seek His face, when you cast your cares, you are breaking off that sacrifice and baby of that storm you are not anchoring it to those waves anymore you're anchoring it to him and you're saying do you know what even in my situation it doesn't change who you are even in my season it doesn't change what you're able to do Jesus and I'm going to lift my voice I'm going to lift my gaze and I'm going to cast my cares and do you know what it's all good it is all good your storm shouldn't silence you your storm doesn't define you and your storm is not a reflection of who he is I'm going to ask the team to come back, the worship team to come back. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just where you are, just reflect on you. You, I'm actually allowing you to be selfish right now. Don't think about the person next to you. Don't think about your spouse. Don't think about your kids in kids' church. Don't think about your hungry tummy. Just think about you. In this moment, think about the storms that you're currently facing. With every eye closed. Like I said, they could be big. They could be small. They could be life-changing They could be things that come and go, unanswered prayers, life, busyness, people's expectation, finance, grief, loss, whatever it is. There is something that each of us are going through at the moment. And I want you to see yourself in a boat with Jesus right now. In the midst of that situation. And I want you to bring it before Him again. And maybe you've done it 500 times. Maybe you're tired of doing it. (laughs) Maybe it feels like, oh, here we are again, Jesus. But He cares. He's in the boat with you because He cares. And more than anything, He knows. And while you're sitting in that boat with Jesus, with the wind, the waves, the discomfort, the thunder, the lightning, whatever it is that's taking your focus and your attention, look at his face. Look at his face. Because in a moment... He can calm the storms. In a moment, he can silence the wind and the waves so that there's perfect peace. Why are you afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? Thank you, Jesus. Maybe your storm won't change right away. Maybe the peace and the calm of the wind and the waves won't ease up straight away. But your boat's not going down because Jesus is in it. You still might have to ride out that storm for a little bit longer, but Jesus is in the boat. And he says, his word says, He will sustain me. He will not let the righteous be shaken. And breaking the ceiling of your storm is you recognizing who's in the boat with you. Always. You're not abandoned. You're not forgotten. You're not left to your own devices to try and paddle out in that storm by yourself. He is in the boat with you. And he is not changed by the storm. He is not changed by the situation. He is still good. He is still kind. He is still faithful. He is still healing and truth and love. He is still restoration. He is still wholeness. He is still all-powerful and all-knowing. Your season and your circumstance doesn't change who he is. And let me tell you, church, he is worthy. Even in the midst of our storm, even in the midst of the doubt and the fear, he is worthy. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be acknowledged. He is worthy to be worshipped. And we take a moment, Jesus, to sit with you in the boat and acknowledge who you are, despite all of our situation and all of our seasons. We lift the ceiling of our storm, that it not stunt our growth, that it not hold us back, that it not limit us. But we seek your face, we cast our cares and we lift up our voice to say, even in the midst of it, yet I will praise you. Even in the midst of it, yet I will praise you. I will offer up a sacrifice of praise because you are worthy. You don't need to answer my prayers. You are still worthy. You don't need to prove yourself to me, Jesus. You are worthy. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With every eye closed, I just want to offer a moment, if you haven't Ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Saviour. I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but I just want to make a moment for that, for you to just acknowledge. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe this is the first time, but just to say, actually, I want to get in the boat with Jesus. I want to get in the boat with Jesus and I want to acknowledge him as Lord of my life and ask him to forgive my sins. If that's you, just take a moment in your heart to do that, to say Jesus I say you are King of kings and Lord of lords, I ask you to forgive me and be Lord of my life and if that's you please come and talk to us afterwards, we'd love to pray with you, we'd love to give you a free Bible we'd love to walk with you on this journey we hope you were encouraged by today's message if you would like to know more about our church please go to celebrationchurch.com.au